Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, my friend and fellow trustee of the Board of Directors of the Vegas Chamber, uh, Janet Uthman from Cox Communications. Welcome, Janet. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, Jaime. We're excited to, to have you here. Uh, as we were talking off camera, I got to know you a little bit more last year as you were new, drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah. Uh, we got to spend some time in D.C. for the Vegas Chamber of D.C. Fly-In. But for our listeners and our viewers, uh, tell us, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Went to school, college, and perhaps take us to your first job at a college. Oh, gosh, you want to know it all. <laughs> well, born in upstate New York in a small town, Henrietta, right outside of Rochester, New York. My dad was a longtime Xerox guy, a mechanical engineer for them. Um, my mother also worked at Xerox. Wow. So we were there for several years, and my dad, his dream was to move the family to California. Uh, so he was California dreaming, mm. so to speak. So he picked up, moved us all to San Jose, and let me tell you, I absolutely loved it. Loved it. Loved the diversity. I went to high school. It was like the United Nations mm. with almost every ethnicity that you could think of. But we all got along. You know, we were so different, but all got along because we were on that similar journey. Mm. So um, that was an amazing experience that kind of formulated kind of my outlook mm. and and what my passions are in life. So, you know, equality, diversity, those were themes that kind of always stuck with me. Then from there, I went to UC Berkeley. Oh. And as you know, one of the most diverse yes. univers universities in the country, um, studied finance and accounting while I was there because I wanted to make sure that once I graduated, I was able to get a job. So mm -hmm. pursued an accounting career uh, after university with now it's known as PricewaterhouseCoopers. Back then it was known as Coopers and Librin. And I will tell you, it was a great foundation, but so boring. And not, no offense to any of the accountants out there, no offense, but I knew that it was not the career path for me. So ended up going back to school, to UCLA, the Anderson School, um, and wanted some type of career in entertainment. I didn't know what that was. So I did a number of internships at Warner Brother Records, Capitol Records, but at, the, at Palm Graduation, ended up at Disney Channel. So that is how I got into the cable television industry. I worked in sales strategy, then affiliate sales and marketing in New York. And those were the heydays, the old days of cable, where they'd give you a list of like 100 operators, and you'd have to go and visit each one. Wow. I had Delaware, Maryland, D.C., Pennsylvania, and knock on their doors and try to convert Disney from a premium channel to a basic service. So that's where I kind of cut my teeth on sales mm -hmm. and fell in love with that. Um, then I moved on to Black Entertainment Television, uh, worked with Bob Johnson, who was wow. the founder for a while, and I'm proud to say out of that tenure there, uh, the BET Awards, which is coming up at the end of this month, was the brainchild while I was in the corporate marketing group at wow. Black Entertainment Television, but that was quite an experience. But I will tell you, never, never, never burn your bridges, because then my boss from Disney recruited me to Comcast. So that's where I got my start on the operations side, right there in Baltimore City, um, running sales and marketing, both residential and, um, and business for Comcast. And then probably did all sorts of roles. And I encourage young folks when they're coming up, you know, learn all facets of the operation. 
So moved up through the years, um, left them for a short stint to start my own business. I became a cable contractor for Comcast. So literally doing disconnects and hiring technicians to go out and do the installs. Uh, did that for a few years, and then they asked me to come back to Comcast, where I was rolling out all products, so video, voice, broadband, uh, our security product while I was there, did all the budgeting and forecasting, and um, then worked on a Time Warner deal when we thought we were going to acquire, or when Comcast thought they were going to acquire Time Warner. That didn't go through, mm. so I had the chance to reinvent myself, and they said, what's important to you? I said, diversity and equity, because everyone should have an opportunity to be successful. So did that for a number of years and defined the whole strategy for the Northeast Division in addition to multicultural marketing, and then found a, an amazing opportunity at Cox. So, and let me tell you, it is like one of the best companies, the best folks I've worked with, the best markets as well. You all have been so welcoming. I absolutely love it here. So love Cox it. here in Las Vegas. Cox here in Las Vegas. That's I, what brought yeah. you from the East Coast to, to Vegas, Cox. A wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that was a long journey, but I wanted to make it's sure I, awesome. I hit on all the elements. Thank you for yeah to, for threading all of that in. And in a year in... Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, you gave us a hint. Are you happy you made this move? Uh, ecstatic. When you talk about right place, right time, right role, right company, everything, the stars literally just aligned. And, then, you know, whatever you believe, but I believe in the higher power, you know, and that's the reason why I'm here. That's great. Yeah. I know, uh, again, the other day I was at the city of Las Vegas, historic West Side School site, yes. and they have a tech lab. And, um, and then, of course, they have a Cox Communication sponsored by, you yes. know, a plaque there. And I thought yes. about you because you had told me about that project mm -hmm. and uh, before it happened. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, time yeah. flies. Mm -hmm. But then I walked there. Is this what Janet told me about this tech mm -hmm. lab? And there was yes. Cox Communications right there. So I thought about you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I love this company so much. I mean, my dream for my next role was helping to eliminate the digital divide. And Cox is truly committed to that. So a few years ago, even before the pandemic, you know, they partnered with the city, gave them a $25,000 grant to stand up that lab. And today they're educating kids on technology, whether it's esports or whether it's um, how to do your own podcast um, or just trying to teach them how to use tablets and and navigate uh, the software packages. So it's just been an amazing partnership with them and that you should see the seniors midweek, they offer courses for the seniors on yep. you know, how to use their devices and navigate the computers as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad great. you're happy you're here. We're fortunate to have you. Oh. So while you were in, um, in California going to school, whether it be yeah. Berkeley or UCLA, <laughs> I thought about uh, you know, that how some of uh, UNLV's basketball games have were legendary during those years, but I don't right. know if those were the years you were there. Number one, did you watch any games back then? <laughs> uh, and if you did, did you ever think you would end up here in Las Vegas? That's so funny. Um, I did hear about the power of UNLV, mm -hmm. the, the, the running rebels. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were well known across mm -hmm. the West. So heard about them. Did not watch many basketball mm -hmm. games because I will admit I'm a football fan. Okay. Yeah. So college football as well as professional football. And just a quick story. Uh, my dad took me to my first live football game at the Oakland Coliseum. Wow. Oakland Raiders. Wow. So for me to be here 
with it the Raiders. Destiny. It was destiny, absolutely. So, but I do remember the power of uh, UNLV, and hopefully they'll have another successful season coming yeah. up. But yes, that's really good. Have you gotten to meet uh, the president of the Raiders, Sandra Douglas Morgan? Yet? I have. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed, I have. Powerful yeah. lady. Yeah, and again, mm -hmm. born and raised, and uh, you know. Our connection with her is eight, ten years ago, I think it was, this organization is um, represented uh, or, or serves four counties and four cities, uh, Clark, Lincoln, Esmeralda, Nye, and of course the cities okay. of Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Henderson, and Boulder City. Mm -hmm. And so we have a group of local elected officials that governs the agency. They're my bosses, eight of them. And uh, they have a legal team that, uh, that serves them or represents mm -hmm. them. And uh, the head of that legal team, again, back then, mm -hmm. long time ago, was Sandra. So, yeah, that was our, uh, you know, and, so, you know, so proud of her career yeah. after that because she went, you know, to uh, to work for governor. I think which governor was it that appointed her to the Gaming Commission? Mm -hmm. And um, and now, of course, in this role, historic. So it Oh, let me tell you, across the country, I received texts from friends back east that were like, did you see that? They elected, they nominated or uh, positioned a black lady to run the Oakland Raiders. And yes. So we were all very proud of her. So um, one of the things that we wanted to make sure we talked to you, you've already mentioned it, broadband is an issue that, you know, you hear a lot. Right. Like you said, there is a mm -hmm. equity gap um, because you can't, in today's world, it's no longer a luxury. It's a basic necessity for education, for work, for paying the bills, for buying goods, for telehealth, you know, yeah. uh, now uh, those things. And so um, we know that uh, too many people are at disadvantaged because they don't have it. And some of the things that you're uh, involved with is this affordable, affordable connectivity program that's federally funded, uh, $14 billion to address this digital divide. Tell us a little bit about Cox's role in this uh, big initiative. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, long before the pandemic, when all of this, these broadband dollars started coming down, Cox was long uh, you know, a part of the solution by offering $9.95 for families that had kids that were K through 12, because they knew that there were families out there that just couldn't afford broadband. So over, for well over a decade, They've offered that product, but we've enhanced it over the last couple of years with our Connect Assist program, and that's for anyone that is either 200% below the poverty line, federal definition of poverty line, as well as folks that are on like SNAP and Medicaid. So you do not have to have a kid in the home to get low-cost broadband. That Connect Assist program is $30, and then there's a product, what we call Straight Up Internet, so for folks that don't want to commit um, to a subscription, you can pay month by month. And that's $50 for that month by month. And that's 100 meg by 50, 100 meg down by five up. Mm. Um, so we've been long committed to this cause and trying to do our part to close that digital divide. And I was honored a few months ago, FCC Commissioner Jeffrey Starks was in town, oh. um, and we partnered with him and Commissioner McCurdy, Brian Mitchell from the from OSET, the mm -hmm. Governor's Office of Science, Innovation, Technology, as well as Congressman Horsford, and uh, Louis Jordan, the Executive Director of Southern Nevada Regional yep. Housing Authority. So he was here to create awareness for, as you mentioned, the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is that $14 billion fund that the gov gov government mm -hmm. uh, has set up, which folks don't know. You combine that $30 credit 
that they offer folks that meet, you know, one of those eligibility requirements, along with our digital product offerings, they can get internet for free. So Connect Assist, I mentioned just 30. You can offset that by the $30 grant from the federal government. And 995, you can off offset that by with the $30 grant. And if you're on a tribal land, it's $75 mm -hmm. uh, grant that the ACP Affordable Connectivity Program offers. So we are proud to partner with the federal government to make sure that we do our part to help close that digital divide. Yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing that with us. It's great to hear that Cox is, like you said, ahead of the curve, you know, on That's that right. already. Um, Cox also partnered, I mentioned it earlier, with the city of Las Vegas uh, to open that innovation lab at the historic Westside yeah. School. Yes. Why is uh, is it Im so important for Cox, as you said, not because that was to use your resources to do that kind of stuff, not just the federal government's resources, but your resources. Why is that yeah. important? Well, another reason why I love this company, they are some of the most giving folks as an organization, as leaders, as employees that I've ever worked with. I've done more volunteer events in this last year, and I hate to say that I've done in a lifetime, but that is just a part of, you know, their mission. It's just ingrained in the folks that work that we have to do our part to make sure that we're giving back to the communities in which we live and serve every day and that we're making it better for, you know, all community members and strengthening businesses. So Cox is a privately held company and all the way to, from the founder, James M. Cox, um, his motivation was to, was first and foremost digital equity and that we're doing our part to strengthen mm -hmm. communities. So we have a number of, I think it's 14 um, innovation labs around the city, so boys and girls clubs, but not only boys and girls clubs, at the Salvation Army, at the Shade Tree, so other organizations which you wouldn't think we'd be a part of, but we wanna make sure that we're doing our part, um, just to make sure that we provide the best, best access and opportunity for those that live in our communities. And I will also add that our employees, we have 1,500 across the valley, give personally out of their pockets for Cox uh, grants, which are used to give grants to local nonprofits mm -hmm. across the valley. So they not only you know volunteer thousands of hours, thousands of hours every year, but they also give out of their pocket mm -hmm. and then they do fundraisers. We do our, our Cox golf charity event to raise money for local nonprofits. I, I was just gonna ask you about that. It says the data we got was in last year in 2022, 29 local nonprofits received more than $193,000 from Cox Charities. Mm -hmm. Those are the grants you were yeah. mentioning. Mm -hmm. uh, but then this philanthropic arm of Cox uh, has awarded over $2.8 in the last right. 15 years. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Is this, uh, I think I know the answer, Janet, but is this common? Have you seen this happen everywhere else you've been? No. <laughs> Wow. No, which is the reason why I just love this company. When I tell you, and I speak from my heart, and that they are some of the most giving leaders, employees, teammates that I've ever worked with. And that's why I love the company. And I think more folks in the community know if they knew everything, you know, that employees do each and every day above and beyond just going to pick up the phone mm -hmm. or, or connecting your cable, I think they think, you know, very highly of Cox as an organization. And I know also, um, you know now some of the 
board members of Workforce Connections as we met. I've introduced you to a few, of course, Mary Beth and Tina Quigley and Kelvin Watson yeah. from the library districts yes. on our board. And I know you're working with them also on, on how to, I don't know if it's an innovation lab, but you're going to work with them to see how you can also help their mission of providing uh, connectivity in their libraries, right? Absolutely. So not only providing connectivity in their libraries, but Kelvin has been a a great partner. Uh, we partnered recently at his Westside Library on an event to create awareness, again, for the digital divide, but also to invite influencers out. So we had you know, Mayor Goings-Brown was out there, State Senator um, uh, was out there as well. Um, you had Lawrence yeah. Weekly there? Yeah, we had Lawrence Weekly there as well. Uh, but what we're trying to do is, you know, ensure that these influencers in the community know our mission. And we're hoping that they'll partner along with us. And Calvin has been an amazing partner. I don't know that I can announce it now, but we have a huge partnership um, coming up with him. You'll probably hear That's more awesome. about it within the next few months where right. we're going to ensure that tens of thousands of folks that patron the library have access That's to awesome. the internet. Lots of good work. Yeah. Um, we're talking about work, and so Janet, this is a problem across uh, really all industries, including the public sector, but this labor shortage that we're facing as a region, a nation, perhaps even the world, is, is not new. Um, a lot of times we tend to think the pandemic caused it all. Mm -hmm. The pandemic uh, really, you know, had a huge effect, but it's been decades now that the birthing rates in our country have declined, that the immigration rates in our country have declined. And so if we're not making as many babies or bringing in as many workers than we used to, uh, that coupled with the fact that more people are retiring than ever before mm -hmm. is a perfect storm that we're not going to see solved right. tomorrow. We know that there's things like artificial intelligence and automation mm -hmm. that will hopefully ease the pain, but right. still not enough. And so how is Cox Communications as a company dealing with that, finding enough workers, um, not just them, but as your contractors, as you say, to make sure that the business of, Co of Cox right. Communications keeps going? You hit it. You hit the nail on the head, Jaime, with that, that, you know, our workforce availability has not reached, not yet reached pre-pandemic level. So it is a challenge for us. I mentioned we have 1,500 folks that we employ just throughout the valley here in Nevada. And it is a great challenge. I will state on the positive end, we have great tenure. I've never met so many folks that have been mm. in, with an organization for 15, 20 30 wow. years with one organization. So I think that speaks volume. Yeah. But with the boomers that are retiring and aging out and then bringing all that institutional knowledge with, with them, you know, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we're training up that next generation. And I think that's one great thing that we do as an organization is give folks opportunities to learn the entire operation, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can become future leaders. But, yeah, the workforce shortage is real. And I will tell you, with all of these broadband dollars that are flowing into the states and all the competitors that uh, want a piece of the market share, because mm -hmm. we know Vegas is where it's at. Mm -hmm. So they want a piece of the market share in this valley that... You know, they're looking for top talent. We've got the talent that they want. So we want to make sure that we are really taking care of our employees. And they've been known for that. But engagement is a top priority to make sure that our folks are happy and that there's no other place they'd want to be. So we've got to retain the best talent first and foremost. Um, and then it, there's also that digital skills gap 
So you mentioned it all, this new technology out there, and we just have to make sure that our folks are, are ready for that. So happy about you know what Tina Quigley's doing in LVGVA and what the Chamber's doing to create awareness for all these opportunities and helping to bring these um, companies in with these advanced um, skill sets so that we can partake in that as well and partner with them. But I will say, you know, at Cox, it's not just about installing broadband or answering the phones. We have a whole Cox business division where we uh, we have uh, divisions that are selling managed cloud and public mm. cloud as well. So there's a whole new skill set that we have to bring in um, in terms of sales to our organization. Jenna, I think it's interesting how you explained that at one point you even were in the role of contractor for a cable company. Yeah. And so... If there's 1,500 direct employees of Cox, how many more jobs do you think are in these contractors? Do you know that number? Because to me, that's very interesting. I would say at least a few hundred, or that's just within the valley. Across the company, thousands. Thousands across the company, and not only the company, but also international. Yeah, you think about that again. And again, you were a great example. You were a business, small Mm -hmm. business owner, a part of that equation. And so there's many small business owners that are still pushing in that direction. They're a part of that industry sector, that mission. And sometimes it's it's invisible to us. We don't know that, but. That's right. And well, our, fortunately, our contractors, the ones that are going out and do the installs on behalf of uh, our organization, provide just as great customer service as our in-house techs. So we have amazing partners here in Las Vegas would Valley. You, would you be able to differentiate them, Janet? If they come to my house, do they all wear a Cox thing or would you see another brand? You'll see on their truck, it'll say contractor oh, okay. for Cox and they won't gotcha. be in one of the, you've seen the official Cox yeah, yeah. logo trucks driving uh-huh. around. They wouldn't be in an official. Okay. So they'll have one of the contractor trucks. And then they'll just have like a little plate that says licensed contractor for Cox. Very interesting. We're learning stuff. See that? That's good you didn't know. (laughs) You're teaching me stuff about your business. So, uh, Janet, this is the time of the podcast uh, that we open it up for you to share perhaps any news that you might have with Cox Communications. You said, I know you can't. Mm There will probably be an announcement in the next few months Mm -hmm. of the project with Calvin. But is there anything else that you want us to put here maybe uh information on the website of a program you mentioned several programs today let us know and we'll do that what would you uh is there anything well, like that you'd like to share with well, us i cannot leave without talking about our back to school fairs awesome. which will kick off next month so we are going to hold fairs at the boulevard mall starting in july galleria meadows mall and then downtown Summerlin, but it is a one-stop shop for parents and students. We want to make sure that they are prepared for the upcoming school year. So we'll talk about, so those parents that can't afford our standard broadband service, we'll talk about our equity products because we want to make sure that children can truly bring homework home. So I would love for you to put the dates, locations, and the times on your website. Yep. So you're going to share that with us, and we're going to make sure we put it on our website. Awesome. We put it here on the, uh, not only, uh, obviously, our listeners have heard that, uh, but for our viewers, for our YouTube channel, we're going to put it here on the screen, the information on how to find out about those, those, uh, you call them back? Back to school fairs. Back to school fairs. Yes, and hundreds upon hundreds of folks show up at each location. Okay, we're going to help push that out then. I appreciate you. (laughs) Janet, thank you for being here with us today. It was a delight, as always, spending time with you. Uh, Sorry I'm going to miss you at the D.C. Fly-In this year, but uh, 
I'm sure we'll keep working together, uh, you know, as much as we as much as we can. So absolutely. And thank you for the invitation. Thank you, Janet. Well, that's it for another episode of the WC podcast. We hope to see you at a future one. Until then, stay safe.